the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, and a happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Another round of Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a fantastic show for you tonight. Not one, not two, but three craft beer guests that will be joining me this hour and the usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very simple, on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com, slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertg at nycradio.com. And don't forget, iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You'll find all the shows on those two platforms. The title track from the new Judas Priest album, Firepower. These guys, I can't wait. Tuesday night, Prudential Center. I don't care if there's, I know there's another threat of a nor'easter and this and that, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? This is a band I will be there for Tuesday night at Prudential Center. Cannot wait for Rob Halford and the boys uh, to be uh, cranking it out in New Jersey. It's going to be a great, the new album is awesome. Uh, Tom Allen, the uh, original producer, not the original producer, but the producer of some of Judas Priest's biggest albums in the 80s, uh, British Steel, uh, what else? Point of Entry, uh, Defenders of the Faith, Scream for Vengeance. He was the producer on those albums. He is the producer on this new album. It sounds fantastic. Can't wait uh, to see them Tuesday night. Now, our guests this evening on the Craft Beer Cast. First up, Jamie Quelly from Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing. Jamie's going to be on to talk about the brewery, but also her role as the president of the Garden State Brewers Association. We've talked about the new group that has formed, the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. Jamie is going to present... Her side of the argument, if you will, uh, about, you know, and what went on here, how the the, the Garden State Brewers Association, uh, you know, and the members, some of the members left. They formed this new association, the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. We'll get into all of that with Jamie, as well as Forgotten Boardwalk Brewery, coming up in about 10 minutes. At the bottom of the hour, Eric Orlando, he's the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, will join me to talk about the new organization, why they formed and what they hope to accomplish within New Jersey as it relates to craft beer. That happens about 20 minutes from now. And then finally, final segment of the program, no uh, suds and duds this week. Julia Hers from the Brewers Association will be on to talk about what else? St. Patrick's Day and pairing up your favorite craft beer with traditional Irish fare. So that should be a fun-packed show. Suds and duds will return next week. Uh, I'll actually be down in Atlantic City later next week uh, for some judging. And then, of course, the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival kicks off next Friday and Saturday night at the Convention Center in Atlantic City. Tickets are still available. Uh, you can definitely purchase your tickets uh, online. Just do a search for Atlantic City uh, Beer and Music Festival, and you will find those tickets there. Get them. It's a great show. It's the second largest on the East Coast. They put on John Henderson and the guys put on a fantastic job uh, every year. So some news and notes to get to. Locally, Almentry uh, is celebrating their two-year anniversary next month. they got a cool club that you can join starting next Thursday, March 22nd. Memberships are limited to just 75 people. It's a pretty exclusive club. It's called Order of the Atom, and membership is going to provide a great many benefits, according to them, including but not limited to exclusive beers, 
the ability to reserve all beers they release, private events, custom glassware, and more. Uh, if you want, visit Almentry, A-L-E-M-E-N-T-A-R-Y.com, slash order of the atom for more details. Sign-ups, again, begin next Thursday, the 22nd of March. Membership costs $150 for the year. Slots are limited, as I said, to just 75 memberships. So kind of an exclusive club from the boys at Elementary. That's pretty cool. Switchback Beer is now available in New York City as well as the Hudson Valley. First time for these guys in the metro area. Switchback Ale available on draft as well as in its iconic 12-ounce stubby bottles in stores in and around the city. In addition, combo 12-packs containing six Switchback Ale, three Citra Pills, Keller Beer and three Extra Pale Ale uh, will be sold at local stores. Uh, fans can locate the nearest Switchback by searching the Beer Finder at switchbackvt.com slash beer finder. Uh, produ- let's see here. The uh, production of the employee-owned brewery uh, ramping up to keep pace with demand across New England and upstate New York. First shipment arrived in the Big Apple uh, back on February 28th. Manhattan beer distributors servicing 16 counties, including New York City, Long Island, and the Hudson Valley. Uh, this is, uh, and now it's interesting. I didn't know that much about switchback brewing. Um, they use the same yeast strain used in the original recipe, which is still in use today, having been pitched from every batch made over the past 16 years, now making it proprietary. Uh, the brewery is known for its strict attention to preserving the quality, integrity, and flavor of every beer it brews. We're going to get the owner of switchback brewing on, uh, the craft beer cast sometime in April. So that should be a lot of fun. Cape May Brewing, bringing it back to New Jersey. Uh, pleased to announce the packaging of one of their most popular beers, Corrosion Sour IPA. That's in 16-ounce cans. It was released to the public uh, back on Thursday, March 15th from their tasting room uh, at the uh, Cape May Airport. It was a draft-only offering back in 2014. First time in cans, according to them. Uh, not many folks are making sour IPAs, so definitely something. If you're into sours and you're into IPAs, this might be something uh, right up your alley. It is a- at the Cape May Brewery right now uh, if you want to go and check that out. Um, I don't know if it pairs well with uh, corned beef, though. Sour IPA and corned beef? I don't know about that one. Uh, Stone, our good friends from Stone, uh, the latest release from Stone is the Scorpion Bowl IPA. It's a 7.5% IPA. It pours deep gold and bright with a thin white head. Uh, the aroma as juicy as its name implies. Of course, this is from the uh, from the press release that they sent. Hints of passion fruit, pineapple, tangerine, guava, and mango. Um, they're talking tropical flavors as well as you as you uh, drink it. Finishes refreshing with just the right bitterness. Uh, Stone, uh, Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA available in 22-ounce bottles as well as draft. Uh, this will be a part of their year-round lineup of beers, including Stone IPA, Stone Delicious IPA, Stone Runation Double IPA 2.0, Stone Tangerine Express IPA. It's a very good beer, by the way. Stone Go-To IPA and Stone Ripper. Now, I actually had the Scorpion Bowl IPA. Picked it up at a store uh, last Friday. Had it at a dinner on uh, Saturday night. I have to say, it was good. Actually, uh, had a couple of different stones. We'll get into it in Suds and Duds next week. But the uh, Scorpion Bowl IPA, I have to say, very good. I don't know. It wasn't super bitter. Like, it didn't give you that bitter bite that you wanted, but definitely picked up a lot of the uh, different uh, tropical notes uh, that they're indicating here in their press release. So an interesting beer, but we'll review that next week on Suds and Duds since we won't have time this week to do the uh, Suds and Duds segment as we normally do on this program. And then finally, a brewery beer, their new authentic Oak Fodor aged Belgian-style farmhouse ale, uh, has just been released from uh, Brewery Terex, uh, which is a brand from the brewery in Orange County, California. And this uh, exclusively focuses on and explores the sour and wild side of beer. So this is a um, uh, Saison Ardennes, is a tart Saison 
handcrafted, uh, according to the press release, to embody the dependable, spirited nature of a classic Belgian-style farmhouse ale. Um, they are telling you that you should, uh, let's see, uh, it's a bottle of beer that will pleasantly involve, uh, evolve over time, thanks to the presence of wild yeast added for bottle conditioning. Uh, the beer is available in uh, 375 milliliter bottles and on tap in nearly 30 states throughout the country uh, starting this month. Uh, you can go to thebrewerystore.com. Uh, it'll soon be on the shelves at the Brewery Store at Union Market in Washington, D.C., and pairs well with Belgian and French cuisine. So you can pair it with, uh, they, they were saying you could pair it with a uh, fresh baguette with a tiny wheel of Oma cheese, some olive oil and herbs uh, to uh, to go with the beer. So I like when, when breweries uh, give you things to pair with the beer because like wine, beer does pair well with certain foods. If you're eating spicy foods, IPAs are great because that bitterness cuts into the spiciness or the heat uh, from something that you're eating, whether it's, you know, spicy or hot uh, type of food. Uh, same thing with all of, you know, these different beers, saisons, stouts. Stouts are good with desserts. So it's nice to see uh, that we that you have these different pairings uh, with different beers. So very cool stuff. So, got you know, that's it's a short news segment this week. I apologize for that. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, there's this craziness with the New Jersey Brewers Association and with the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. Uh, you've got two sides fighting with one another. And, um, you know, there's such good stories that I had to put them on back-to-back this week. I didn't want to separate them. I was going to separate them by a week. But I wanted, I wanted it kind of – I don't want to say it was like a family feud, but maybe that's what it is because the breweries are, are, are more like a family. You know, everybody, is, everybody tries to help out one another where they can. And now it seems like the families have kind of splintered off. And they're having this argument. Uh, some breweries want to go in one direction. Other breweries are going in a different direction. Um, and I hate to say it, but, you know, I, it's, can't we just all get along? Sorry, Rodney King. I had to steal your line there. But can't we just all get along? I mean, really? We're all playing in the same sandbox. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of my editorial for this whole thing. We're all playing in the same sandbox. You've got 100 breweries in New Jersey now. More are growing. More are opening, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, every couple of months here in New Jersey. And I would just hate to see, and I reiterate this throughout both interviews, um, I would hate to see uh, New Jersey take a step back instead of moving forward like New York has. New York has moved forward in leaps and bounds in the last eight years when it comes to breweries. Over 400 now in New York. New Jersey got a lot of catching up to do, but they're on the cusp. And it would be a shame if these two groups couldn't get along and the legislature in New Jersey can't figure out a way to make the laws a little bit more palatable uh, for brewers in and around New Jersey. That's the other big thing, is the lawmakers. The lawmakers need to get on board. You want small business to thrive in New Jersey? Craft beer is just one of many steps that they could take to have small business thriving in New Jersey, people making money, money going to the state to help pay down on bills and other stuff. But in the end, it's the lawmakers, too, that have to agree on certain things. Now I'm going to get off my soapbox. When we come back after a short break, Jamie Quelly from Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing joins me. She's also the president of the Garden State Brewers Association, and we'll certainly get into it with, uh, with Jamie coming up in just a few short minutes. We are just getting started on this program, and it focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Alga Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Joe Walsh has seen a 180 from the Republicans. That's what happened the last three to four days. Millions and millions of gun owners reminded Republicans that they will be voting this November. Republicans and Trump should be afraid of millions and millions of law-abiding, God-fearing, gun-clinging Americans who vote. Amen. The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 9, right before Eric Metaxas at 11, and AM 970. The answer. Mike Gallagher here again for one of my all-time, and I mean all-time favorite sponsors, ReliefFactor.com. My story is simple. I had a hip replaced, then I had a motorcycle accident, left me in pain, simply wouldn't go away until I started taking Relief Factor. A three-week quick start is just nineteen ninety 80% of people who do order the three-week quick start go on to order more, like me. Go to ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or give them a call, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, ReliefFactor.com. It was my fifth birthday, and my dad was bringing home the cake. Should have been here a half hour ago. The cake never made it, and neither did my dad. That was the day a drunk driver killed my dad. Daddy? Impaired drivers take lives. Think. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee aired in cooperation with the New York State Broadcasters Association. New City Kids annual spring production, Legacy, debuts soon. Legacy explores how God's interruption into our story changes everything. Hurts are healed and redemption enters, rewriting our story to one of hope and love. There are several opportunities to see Legacy, Friday, March 16th in Wyckoff, New Jersey, Sunday, March 18th in Liberty Corner, New Jersey, and Saturday, March 24th in Jersey City, New Jersey. Get more info and purchase your tickets today at newcitykids.org legacy. Hey Dan, can you believe it's our 10 year anniversary of getting a great night's sleep? I know Trina, for 10 years ZQuiet has been helping couples like us kick snoring out of bed. Think of the millions of lives we've changed. And that all happened years before other snoring companies showed up on the scene. ZQuiet really started a revolution. Hi, we're Dan and Trina. As the founders of ZQuiet, people often ask what sets us apart from the competition. It's easy. Snoring was our problem, and we know what night after night of snoring does to a relationship. Visit GetZQuiet.com. ZQuiet was developed to treat my snoring, and we realized there were other couples that were desperate for a simple and effective solution. We're so proud that ZQuiet has become America's trusted name in snoring solutions. Get ZQuiet and kick snoring out of bed forever. ZQuiet fits both men and women. Try it risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Text SLEEP to 246810 or go to GetZQuiet.com. Text SLEEP to 246810 or go to GetZQuiet.com. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at AM970TheAnswer.com. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, of course, via email at albertgnnycradio.com. Don't forget, Google Play, iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts on there. Rising from Ruins, that's the new one 
uh, off of Judas Priest's new album, Firepower. They'll be at the uh, Prudential Center next Tuesday. Can't wait to see that concert. It's going to be great. The boys are back. And really, I mean, you say the the boys are back. It's really it's Rob Halford and uh, Ian Hill. Uh, Glenn Tipton, unfortunately, uh, with his uh, various ailments, won't be able to join them on the tour. But we wish Glenn, uh, you know, all the best of health and hope that he gets well soon uh, quickly. But it's going to be a great concert at Prudential Center coming up uh, next Tuesday night. Now, my guest on the cast, she is the president of the New Jersey Brewers Association, but she's also the owner of Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing. They're located in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. They've been producing beers for a few years now. ForgottenBoardwalk.com is the website for more information. But we're going to talk to Jamie uh, a lot more about the New Jersey Brewers Association. We'll touch on Forgotten Boardwalk as well. But the reason why we're having Jamie on is because all of this – how shall we categorize it? Nonsense, that's what I'd like to call it, going on in New Jersey right now between a lot of the brewers. So let's welcome in Jamie Crowley to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Jamie, welcome. Thank you so much. I think that's probably a good word. <laughs> so we're, we'll talk about Forgotten Boardwalk, of course, about the brewery in a few minutes. But obviously we are having you on the show because of the craziness that's happened over the past few weeks with the New Jersey Brewers Association and a new group forming with some of the largest breweries in New Jersey. We'll start at the beginning. There was a change in leadership, obviously, within the Brewers Association. You were voted president, replacing Gene Muller, if I'm not mistaken. And it seemed as if everything was going to be smooth and fine. But then you got blindsided a few months later with this press release for a new group, the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. So, Jamie, in a nutshell, what happened? Uh, Well, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I've actually been on the, the board, and I worked with uh, Gene, Ryan Krill, Mike Kane, and a gentleman named Jason Fuchs. Uh, his family runs a cruise uh, tavern up in Sparta. Okay. And um, I was actually on the board in 2017, and uh, I was not up for re-election or re-vote. So I just my, – my seat is a two-year term, so it kind of turned over. And when uh, uh, Gene uh, – not Gene, Ryan was the president last year. Okay. Um, and when the, the, the board turned over, I – believe I was the one with the most experience on at least the board and in the association that was on, you know, still on the board. So uh, it kind of made sense for me to kind of go into that role. Mm-hmm. Although right now it's like, careful what you wish for, man. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> and and to be honest with you, Jamie, what bothers me about this whole thing, and I've read numerous stories trying to explain what's going on here, but what bothers me about the whole thing is that on the face of it, it looks as though some brewers are being excluded, even though they meet the Brewers Guild threshold of people that produce more than 2,000 barrels Per year, it looks like they want to be an exclusive group. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure, and it, and it seems like a very arbitrary number, kind of picked. Uh, I mean, because 2,000 barrels isn't. Re- I mean, it seems like a lot on the surface, but Forgotten Boardwalk's going to, you know, surpass 2,000 barrels with ease this year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of an arbitrary number, and I, I'm, it's not my group, so I don't know why they sort of picked it. Right. Um, but when you look at it, sort of on the, you know, the surface, it seems that like it's it's the bigger guys. Um, but if you really start like diving down into it, our regulators don't see it that way. The license for somebody like Flying Fish, who's producing way more than 15,000 barrels, is the same exact license for somebody producing 150 barrels. Right. So when we want to push agenda forward, it really does make sense for us to be coming together because it affects all of us. Maybe certain people won't utilize some of the legislation that's being pushed forward, but it affects the entire group. We're talking with Jamie Quelly, the president of the New Jersey Brewers Association. She's also the owner of Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And and interesting, Jamie, now, did the other organization ask you to join? Or is the, you know, and and the way um, I've read it from the press releases, they're saying we're not excluding anybody, but it sounds like that they are. Have have anybody from that membership asked you to join uh, this other group? No, they have not. 
Okay. All right. So one organization going in one direction, your organization going another way. Again, it all seems bizarre to me. But there's an. I'm not sure if we're necessarily going in a different direction, though. Uh, I mean, we still want the same sort of things. My organization is still going to be fighting for the same. No, no, no. We want tax credits and franchise law reform. So, uh, uh, like, I don't want to be put, like, you know, pushed into a way that. I don't think we represent different interests. Okay, right, because the, well, the, well, the one organization is saying um, they're looking more at, from a, a distribution standpoint where they want to get their beers out there, and uh, the, uh, the, the Brewers Association is saying, well, our, our lifeblood right now is in the tap rooms uh, and getting people to come in off the street to buy, to buy the beer. Is that kind of what the argument is about, or some of That's- it, not all of it? Uh, that is not something that uh, came from our organization. So that is not our stance as an organization. Uh, we do have people that are in our group that do have, you know, their biggest source of revenue is probably their tap room. But we also have 15 to 20 breweries that are actually using distribution models, too. So, I sure. mean, you know, state of 82, we still have people that are using distribution models. So we're focused. We, we can walk and talk at the same time. So right. our focus is, you know, yes, we like our tap rooms. They generate good revenue, and that is important. But, yes, there is some really important franchise law reform and partnering up and uh, work to do on that end as well. Yeah, because it's interesting. I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago with Tim Pewitt, uh, one of the owners of Wet Ticket Brewing, and right. uh, and asked him about his opinion. And he said, you know, we're, our, our lifeblood right now is getting people to come into the, to the tap rooms to buy the beer. Obviously, he's canning some of his beers. He has growlers or whatever. But his main model is not right at the moment. I mean, it could be in the future. But at the moment, it's about getting people in the door. And buying the beer. I, I know that you guys distribute your beer all over the state of New Jersey, but it's also getting people to come into your tap rooms and purchase beer and hang out and kind of a, a community type of thing. It just seems odd that these other guys are, are, are kind of like what it's almost I, I hate to say it. It's the Rodney King syndrome. Why can't we all get along? You know, it's, it, it sounds like we, we can't all play in the same sandbox. And to me, that's that's not right, especially with New Jersey being on the cusp of breaking out, especially with the neighboring states with New York exploding in the beer scene and Pennsylvania on the cusp of doing great things as well. It seems to me like this other organization is kind of sh- is wanting to shoot everything, uh, you know, in, in shoot, shoot themselves in the foot, so to speak. There's momentum going on right now in the state of New Jersey. And it, I think it's also, you know, for me, with the shift in government right now, I mm. mean, we have a brand new governor in that, you know, in a, his latest speech was uh, talking about, you know, beer produced in the state, uh, distilling in the state, wines in the state. And he really does want to focus on that. And I know that there's going to be some liquor reform coming up in 2018. I mean, Murphy's agenda is really to, you know, push liquor reform ahead. So for the two of us to kind of not be working towards that momentum and riding that wave together, I also find, you know, a little silly. So, I mean, I would love to work together with these guys. Um, I would love for us to, to reform and uh, join a committee. If, if you want to look at distribution, we could have a committee within our umbrella of a group, and sure. we could all be working together. So uh, and now the, the other question I wanted to ask you, and we're talking with Jamie Quelly, the president of the New Jersey Brewers Association. She's also the owner of Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. There's an annual event that takes place on the Battleship, New Jersey, every June. It's been uh, yes. taken over by the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, and I talked with a few brewers uh, at the Big Brew Festival in Morristown a few weeks back, they were very upset about this to the point where some of them said they're not going to go this year because they're not sure where the proceeds are going. What is your take uh, as, a bre- as a brewery owner, and what's your take as, as the president of the Brewers Association? Well, we asked our membership uh, because we didn't want to just you know say we're not supporting. We asked our membership what they wanted to do, and overwhelmingly everyone kind of came back and said they don't want to support it. 
Okay. Uh, I think the reasoning behind it is that because there's this exclusionary factor of like 2,000 barrels and b- above, that where is the money sort of going from, and why are we going to donate beer to a cause that was not going to help us? Mm. Um, because we do donate beer to this. Um, sure. So I believe that at the end of the day, we're fundraising for two different organizations, and and that why are we splitting our funds, time, energy, and resources? It should all be under the same umbrella for us to push legislation forward. And so, and again, so just to reiterate to folks, you're willing to work with this other group and and come back together as a, as you know as as a whole and have everybody in the same organization uh, rather than having these two splinter groups. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, we're talking with Jamie Quelly, the president of the New Jersey Brewers Association. She's also the owner of Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Here on the Algatulo Craft Beercast on AM nine seventy, the answer. So, Jamie, I know the Atlantic City Beer Fest is right around the corner. Obviously. Tons of Jersey beers are going to be represented at the event. What's Forgotten Boardwork uh, going to be serving at the event? Uh, apparently my liver. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this year we're doing Funnel Cake Nitro. Oh, nice. We are doing What the Butler Saw, which is our Belgian-inspired wit beer. Okay. And then we are doing Pocket Trick, which is our Imperial IPA. And then we're showcasing a brand-new uh, Imperial Stout. It hasn't come out of anywhere except for our tap room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we plan on pushing it out to market maybe next fall, but we wanted to showcase it at the uh, the festival. So it's a 10.2% Imperial uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, very cool. I look forward to trying that. And finally, my last question for you, Jamie. Um, how did you come up with the name Forgotten uh, Boardwalk? Oh, um, so this was something that I always wanted. I, I lived at the shore, and I always wanted to call my brewery, you know, something with a boardwalk, okay. just because there's so much dense history with it. Um, but when I started to uh, copyright the name, it was kind of owned by somebody else, just Boardwalk Brewing. I don't think that brewery ever came to be, but it was trademarked. So I started to throw around different names and uh, kind of landed on Forgotten Boardwalk, and I wanted to tell dense history at the turn of the century and kind of like the, the wrong contour of what will happen that you might not necessarily know. It's fun. It's whimsical. Um, it could be a little dark and twisted at times, but there's a really good depth of history in, in our state, and uh, I didn't want to focus on just one area. I wanted it to be all 126 miles of the boardwalk. That's pretty cool. And and listen, there's nothing really wrong with dark and twisted. Sometimes we can all get dark and twisted, right? I mean, no, I feel dark and twisted all the time. <laughs> <laughs> My guest has been Jamie Quelly, the president of the New Jersey Brewers Association. She's also the owner of Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jamie, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciated. I look forward to seeing you in Atlantic City in about a week or so. Absolutely. Let's have a beer together. You, absolutely. When we come back. We're going to welcome in Eric Orlando. He's the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. We're going to ask him about the new organization, what's going on there, and is there a chance maybe that these two organizations can get back together? That's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Mostly cloudy, 41 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. The massive five-alarm fire in Queens that caused service suspensions and extensive delays on the Long Island Railroad on Friday was sparked by the improper disposal of a lithium-ion battery, according to FDNY officials. The fire, which started at a recycling plant in the Hollis section at around 1.10 in the afternoon, caused service suspension on four different branches. The suspensions extended into the afternoon rush hour. One fighter fire was injured fighting the blaze. Governor Cuomo promising that he will fight to make sure the state provides an extra $250 million directly to the New York City Housing Authority in addition to previously promised funds. And even though the state has no financial responsibility, I'm going to fight for another $250 million. 
Cuomo made the announcement this morning in East Harlem during his second visit to a NYCHA apartment complex in six days. The $250 million for NYCHA in the state budget, if approved, would be in addition to $200 million that the state had already pledged to help the Housing Authority in 2015. In sports, as heard on AM970, the answer, Seton Hall lost to Kansas in the NCAA basketball tournament 83-79. to In the NHL, the Devils blanked Los Angeles by the score of 3 to nothing, and the Rangers lose to the St. Louis Blues in overtime 4-3. NBA, the Nets defeated Dallas 114-106. The Knicks down Charlotte 124-101. Preseason baseball, the Mets defeated Washington. The Yankees lost to Detroit. Time to check the traffic. An overturned vehicle in the left lane and the truck lanes of the New Jersey Turnpike southbound past exit 13A. George Washington Bridge construction outbound on the lower level. The right lane closed till 5 a.m. Monday. No delay for the Holland or the Lincoln Tunnels. You now know how not to go. Weather tonight clear, low 25 to 30. Sunday mostly sunny 45 and Monday partly to mostly sunny skies. High temperature of 45. Tuesday becoming mostly cloudy and breezy. Chance of snow in the afternoon, high of 40 degrees. Dave Banning, AM 9. 970, the answer. Do you have money in the stock market? Are you watching it bounce all over the place? While you're focused on the short-term movement, you might actually be missing what time it really is. We are late in the business cycle, interest rates are flying higher, and overvalued stocks and bonds are going to come down. It's time for a new strategy. Gold. My name's Adam Barada. I'm the founder of goldisabetterway.com, and I'm so certain gold is going higher in price and going to outperform stocks and bonds. I've created the world's first gold retirement protection platform ever built if you have an ira or 401k i want to give you free access once you see this you'll have no choice but to agree and all you need to do is call for your special code call 800-900-8000 that's 800-900-8000 on a recorded line you'll get a special code you can join the site for free no salespeople, no rigmarole just call 800-900-8000 get your code get it now Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way.com. Want to refresh your wardrobe and home? Get to Kohl's Friends and Family Sale and take an extra 20% off with promo code FRIEND. With an extra 20% off, Elsie Lauren Conrad Floral Tops are just $23.99. Jumping Beans Teas are only $6.40. And a KitchenAid Artisan Stand Mixer is $2.99.99. And you'll get $60 Kohl's Cash. A spring refresh for the family. Kohl's Cash for you. Right now at Kohl's. Select styles. Offers valid March 14th through 18th. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. com. All right, welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget, Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to the Craft Beer Casts right from there. Judas Priest, their new one uh, from their album Firepower, that's called Flamethrower. I uh, cannot wait to see these guys on Tuesday at the Prudential Center. And, boy, I hope the weather holds out where they're talking. Another nor'easter coming. I'm just I'm not happy about this. Where is spring? Let's get going here. Uh, my guest on the cast, he's the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. They are a new group 
formed a few weeks ago representing some of the bigger breweries in New Jersey. And, of course, in the state of New Jersey, when hasn't there been conflict when two different groups are formed and it's all, uh, both talking about the same thing? I mean, let's, let's face it. People are still arguing about Taylor Ham and Pork Roll. To me, it'll always be Taylor Ham, but then again, I'm from originally from Staten Island, so what do I know about Taylor Ham or Pork Roll? But I digress. With this new group uh, forming uh, many of the smaller breweries, were not invited to join, and that to me is puzzling. But uh, Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New, Jer- New Jersey, joins me now on the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, and hopefully we get some answers from him. Eric, welcome. Thanks, Al, for having me on, and I'll, uh, I'll add to the controversy. As a Central Jersey guy, it's Pork Roll. Oh, uh, it's pork roll. Okay. All right. Is there a Central Jersey, though? That's the other thing that everybody says. It's North that's Jersey, a, South Jersey. Question. We're Central Jersey. Right. <laughs> so, Eric, we have the New Jersey Brewers Association, the original group that was formed, and now a new group has formed with some of the largest breweries in the state of New Jersey, the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. First off, what is the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, and how is it different from the New Jersey Brewers Association? Well, really, I mean, the Brewers Guild New Jersey came together uh, with a core group of brewers, uh, about nine breweries at this point. Um, well, I'll, I'll also say, though, that there has been inquiries from other breweries um, that are interested in potentially joining the group down the road. But it's really about more or less the breweries that do a majority of their business through the distribution channels in our state and actually do do a good portion of business out of state as well. So these are the brewers that you see more or less on tap space in your in your bars or restaurants in your communities, on the shelves and cans and bottles in your liquor stores, and to the bottom of their of their business outside of the four walls of their brewery and their tasting room. So that's pretty much the core of the of the group right now. Okay, so that is the difference. So you, so what you're saying is that's the difference between the Brewers Guild of New Jersey and the New, New Jersey Brewers Association is that the Brewers Guild of New Jersey was formed. Because the majority of the sales uh, are outside of their tasting rooms or tap rooms, uh, whereas in the New Jersey Brewers Association, the majority of their sales are coming directly from their tap rooms. There's a group, I would say, in having worked with the, the Brewers Association over the years, that um, a lot of the folks that are in that association now are more of your mid-level or startup breweries. Mm-hmm. So those are the folks that, you know, while they make unbelievably great beer, um, most of the beer that they're selling is actually in their tasting room. So it's something that you would go in, take that tour that we all complain about so much, right. um, <laughs> have maybe a pint of beer after that tour, and maybe pick up a, a, a growler and take home. The folks that are in the Brewers Guild are the folks that you commonly see when you go out to have dinner, when you go to a bar, um, that you see on your, your local liquor store shelves that do a predominant of their business actually through distribution channels. So, all right, so the, the other thing that bothers me about this, Eric, and that's, I guess, maybe the crux of the argument here that people are confused mm-hmm. is that on the face of it, it looks like breweries are being excluded being in this group because they don't meet the threshold of, two, of uh, producing 2,000 barrels in a calendar year. So uh, it sounds to me like this is more of an exclusive group as opposed to a group that's inclusive of all. Does that... Uh, I- and I think at this point out, I think of more or less that was a starting point for the new organization. You know, the inquiries about starting a new organization were really coming from that size of brewery. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, over time, we've actually heard from some of the other brewers in our state that are interested in some of the different philosophies that I think are going to be carried forth by this new group. And they may be from a category of brewers that are somewhere in between that 1,000 to 2,000 barrel 
um, number that was put out there initially because they see themselves growing into the size of brewery where they're exceeding that number and that more are going to be going to distribution channels in our state. So I think that's something that's currently under discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some folks have also expressed an interest in potentially being part, part of both groups, which at this point, um, you know, we're still discussing that internally within our organization. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's something that, you know, both organizations offer to breweries a little something different. Um, you know, there's different, um, I guess, priorities amongst each group just based purely on, I think, on the membership and the capabilities of both groups that, you know, a brewery can be served well, I think, in uh, the Brewers Guild for certain things and maybe some other things in the other organization. I see. Talking with Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So what are some of the other things that this new guild is going to do that are going, that's going to help brewers in New Jersey? So I think first and foremost, I think when we, we talk about helping breweries, it's also about making sure that New Jersey beer is, is available to consumers throughout the state and even outside of the state of New Jersey. So when we look to items to take on in this new association, um, we look to other states that are our border states, like the state of New York, the state of Pennsylvania, sure. where their government entities, their governors, their legislatures have fully embraced the craft beverage industry. Um way more, I would say, than, you know, the state of New Jersey has. And despite that, um, I read even today, we have a, almost 100 breweries in our state. Right. But I think there's things that could be done um, to promote uh, craft beer through marketing, through um, some changes to different laws and regulations, some partnering with other the al- types of alcohol in the state of New Jersey, whether it be craft spirits or wine, mm-hmm. and also just, you know, a general buy-in um, from the new administration that took over in January just to get behind this industry and uh, put some uh, priority behind it. And, Eric, do, uh, are, is the organization going to work with uh, – I know that the uh, restaurant owners were very upset that changes were going to be made to some of the, um, the the ABC laws that obviously, you know, the, the big contention, and you mentioned it earlier, about having to take a tour of a brewery. Um, the fact that brewers pay less money for their licenses as a restaurant owner would pay for a liquor license. And, and it's to me, it's two separate things. A restaurant owner is able to serve spirits and, and food and all kinds of other stuff, whereas a brewer is only able to serve what he produces in his brewery. I think it's two separate arguments. The restaurant owners think it's, you know, it's the same thing, which it's not. Uh, Will the uh, Brewers Guild of New Jersey work with the state to try and get some of those things changed? Of course we will, Alan. I think one of the things, and I know you visited breweries, I visited numerous breweries throughout the state, throughout the country. We know that the amount of investment that goes into facilities, especially ones that are now in the Brewers Guild, are multiple millions of dollars. Sure. So to say that, you know, the value of a license, um, you know, which in New Jersey could be as much as a million dollars, is not one and the same with a brewery that has to employ 40, 50, 60 employees, do numerous investments to keep equipment going. You know, there's expansions going on throughout the state to expand production capabilities. That's real dollars. So, you know, to make that argument that, you know, that it's it's in competition with those restaurants, it simply is not. Um, In working with those groups, however, you know, we consistently hear from them um, about some of the things that they don't like going on in the industry. Um, one of the priorities still of this new guild is to get that uh, tour requirement re- removed, and we're actively working on legislation to do so. Um, there was actually legislation that actually moved out of committee a few weeks back right. that we'd like to see the full assembly take up in the next few weeks so that we can keep moving the process forward and hopefully get to the governor's desk potentially by the summer 
to get rid of that tour requirement, make some other red tape changes that would help the industry, um, both large and small border alike. So that's definitely a priority of ours going forward. Talking with Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild in New Jersey on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer now, Eric, there's an annual event that takes place on the battleship New, Jer- New Jersey every June. Uh, a major part of this event is to raise money for the New Jersey Brewers Association. But now the Brewers Guild of New Jersey is going to be the group, I guess, that's sponsoring the event. Uh, I spoke with a couple of brewers a few weeks back at the Big Brew Festival in Morristown. A couple of them were upset to the point where some of them have said they were not going to go this year because the event and the proceeds from the event would not support the organization that they're in uh, currently. What is your take on this, or what is the Brewers Guild uh, uh, take on this? Well, I think, you know, as the as the, uh, the Battleship Festival was initially um, started, I think almost almost 20 years ago now, right. by the original Garden State Craft Brewers Guild, not to confuse the names of the associations anymore that have already been. Right. But, uh, you know, it was always started by, you know, the core group of individuals, I think, that honestly make up the Brewers Guild of New Jersey now. Now, you know, down the road in the next couple of months, I believe those discussions will still be taking place amongst, you know, our organization and New Jersey Brewers Association to see if I guess there's some meeting of the minds about how that how that um, event could be pulled off and involve as many brewers as possible. Also, too, there's a potential that we might change up the event to be a little different than in the past and simply a beer fest. You know, we've had discussions internally about trying to give um, the event a little bit of a different take, maybe involve folks from the agricultural community, maybe have a food element to the event that there really has never been there before. Mm-hmm. So it might be an entirely new event that is unlike uh, previous events that have been held on at Battleship in, in June every year. So those things are still under discussion, and uh, there's more news to come on that. All right. Well, that sounds good. My guest has been Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Eric, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciated. Is there a website that folks can go to uh, to learn more about the Brewers Guild of New Jersey? I think at this point, I think you just look out online and see uh, what comes out soon enough. We're still developing all those materials. We're still a very young organization, but we do have a Twitter handle. It's at Brewers Guild of NJ. Uh, and now be the Twitter handle. Excellent. So look for that on uh, on Twitter, and you can get more information from there. Uh, Eric, again, very much appreciate you coming on. Look forward to chatting with you down the road. Thanks so much, Al, for having me on. You got it. When we come back, we'll welcome in Julia Hers, the Craft Beer Program Director for the Brewers Association. She's going to talk to us all about the best craft beers to pair with your St. Patrick's Day celebration. We keep forgetting. It's Saturday night. It's St. Patty's Day. You're having parties. She's going to help us out with that. It's all after a short break on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt isn't on board with the president's plan for tariffs. People were stunned and surprised. Australia and Canada among them. Our allies are very badly hit by this. The Bush administration tried aluminum steel tariffs in 2002, I think. They were bust. They always are. And the one thing it gives you for sure is inflation. Real American jobs are going to be lost because of this. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 3, right before Joe Piscopo at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Mike Gallagher here again for one of my all-time, and I mean all-time favorite sponsors, ReliefFactor.com. My story is simple. I had a hip replaced, then I had a motorcycle accident, left me in pain, who simply wouldn't go away until I started taking Relief Factor. A three-week quick start is just $19.95. of people who do order the three-week quick start go on to order more, like me. Go to ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or give them a call, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, ReliefFactor.com. 
Don't miss the new afternoon drive show, Cats at Night, with John Katsimatidis, Wednesdays at 5 p.m., exclusively on AM 970, The Answer. Murphy's Rose Tattoo to kick off this final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to all the casts right from there. Now, my next guest on the cast is the Craft Beer Program Director for the Brewers Association. She's the publisher of craftbeer.com. She contributes to the site, and you can also follow her on Twitter at Hers Muses, uh, M-U-S-E-S. Let me welcome into the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, Julia Hers. Julia, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Now, Julia, before we get into the St. Patrick's Day stuff, I have to mm-hmm. say you're a home brewer, uh, a BJ, a CP beer judge, and a certified Cicerone, yet you say that you are a beer beginner on an unending journey to learn more about craft beer. I love that. Why yeah. do you believe that it is a journey that never ends? Well, it, it definitely, I don't take my beer too seriously. I do keep it fun, but mm-hmm. I, it's such a crazy, incredible beverage if you were to memorize everything in Garrett Oliver's Oxford Companion to Beer, which is about three inches thick, you right. still wouldn't know what you or I could know about beer. It's so I'm always on the journey is the point of that. I love it because that's, you know, people say to me, oh, you're a beer, you're, you host a beer show, you're an expert, you this and that. I say, I am nowhere near being an expert. I'm a beer drinker and I love to, you know, taste and explore different beers and I love the science behind it. I love how it, it, it to me, beer brings people together. You know, yeah. uh, you have uh, this whole community sense when you have these breweries that are opening in various towns, whether you live in New Jersey, New York, anywhere in the country, um, and, and, and it brings people together to have conversation and share stories. That's what I love about it. I think that's great, and you're right. It is definitely a journey that never ends. But let's talk St. Patrick's Day. Everyone has green beer or Guinness, and that's boring to me. In your opinion, <laughs> it, you know, I mean, even my wife said to me, we're going to drink green beer over the weekend. I said, no, we're not drinking green beer over the weekend. But in your opinion... What do you think are the best craft beers to have on the holiday? Yeah, and I go to style because today in the United States, we've got more than 6,000 breweries. 98% of them are small and independent. Um, 78% of Americans live within 10 miles of a brewery. So, you know, whether you're in New York or wherever hearing this, you've got breweries near you. So I go with what's local often and or the regional and national brands that I also want to always rotate in. Sure. But beer style-wise, there's so many options, and it, it depends. Are you, are, you, are you pairing it? You know, are you having some Irish stew and, or corned beef and cabbage? Then your dry stout and your Irish stouts would be great, but you could also work your way to box beers and brown ales to really find some great flavor and notes with those food dishes. So it, it kind of all just depends. All right. And if you were – all right, but if you had to pick one – to serve to your guests that you're having, let's just say it's corned beef and cabbage. If you had to pick mm-hmm. one particular, uh, I, I don't even want to say brand because I don't want to single somebody out, but let's say a style, what would you go with? Right. 
Um, Irish Dry Stout is a great bet, and American producers like Left Hand Brewing Company and My Neck of the Woods are making amazing versions of milk stouts and dry stouts. Or I'd go to the sour side, American Sour, um, German Style Goza, or German Sour Berliner Weiss even. So there's some, those, those are my top list options. Yeah, Goza seems to be the big, uh, the big deal these days. But definitely, Left Hand is making some great stouts. I just recently had their uh, Chai Milk Stout. And that mm. was it was it was different uh, for for a stout. I don't know if you compare that with corned beef and cabbage, but it was definitely uh, different on the palate. But it was really good. We're talking with Julia Hers, the craft beer program director for the Brewers Association. She's also the, uh, the publisher of craftbeer.com here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. So, I, as I was looking at your Twitter feed, Julia, I noticed you were in San Diego uh, just a few weeks ago. I was there for vacation with my wife back in December, and you know some of it was relaxation. But of course, as as I said to my wife, I said, uh, we're going to have to stop at a couple of breweries while we're in San Diego. I got some business to take care of. So we <laughs> we ended up, uh, the, the folks at Stone were gracious enough to give us a, a tour and a dinner at the Stone Bistro and Gardens in Escondido. Uh, I talked about yeah. it on the program. It's a fantastic tour, but the best part was the dinner. And I wonder if you'd agree with me on this. The gardens outside, when you walk out into the back, don't you feel as though you've been transported to a different place sitting out there for dinner? Yeah, and I was just recently there in the Stone Bistro Gardens, and I totally agree. Their their food menu was incredible, and the geography and the way they did the landscape. Children were running around. Parents were happy. Um, people were eating at a high level of gastronomic, you know, impressiveness. Mm-hmm. And the, the beers were strategically paired. It was one of those places where I could walk in and say, I'm in your hands. You tell me what to have. Here's my aversions for food for allergies. But otherwise, I want to pair. You bring me food and beers that go with it and impress me. And they certainly did that. Yeah, it's just amazing. And if you have, if, folks, if you haven't been there and you, you want to take a trip over there in Escondido, it's really cool because it's in an industrial park. And you walk into this industrial building and you think, this can't be like a beautiful gardens. Where's the gardens? And when you walk into the back after you take the tour and you go into the restaurant, you really feel like you're in another place. It is so peaceful yeah. and tranquil. They're, you know, At night they have fire pits lit so that you can stay warm if it's chilly out or whatever, which I did find funny. Uh, San Diegoans, uh, you, you really knew who were natives there and who were tourists because <laughs> when yeah. it was 60 degrees, I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt, and these people are in hats and scarves. Oh, cold. Right. Right, which was hysterical to me, but I guess it's the norm. We're talking with Julia Hers, the Craft Beer Program Director for the Brewers Association and the publisher of craftbeer.com here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. I do have to ask, though, sticking with Southern California, Julia, did you get a chance to try any of the other beers uh, out in San Diego? And if so, uh, which ones? Yeah, and I went I went down the street from Stone Escondido to Wild Barrel. Um, Dr. Bill Sajak is a former employee of Stone Brewing, and now he's making beers uh, that are <clears throat> like nothing you've come across. And you, you and I mentioned Goza, and this is a German-style beer that is um, a little bit acidic because mm. beer does have acidity, just like wine. And he's making Gozas that are unfruited, sans fruit, and with fruit that I, I've just never come across, this profile of lactic um, layered of acidity and wheat malt notes that come into play. It just beautiful, glorious. And and what you're seeing is when you tour breweries, or at least what I'm seeing is that, you know, you can be in an industrial park. Wild Barrel was in like off of a, a baseball um, 
range where you could do a batting cage area. Hmm. And then the brewery's right off of that. But you walk in, and these are places with meaning. No matter where these breweries are, these are small brewery business owners that are bringing meaning to those industrial parks or to those areas of the country that they're kind of bringing back. And, and Wild Barrel is just another great example of wow. Uh, you know, I noticed that, Julia, in Miramar, there's, uh, you have Alesmith, you have Ballast Point, you have a number of different places, all kind of within a short green flash, all in a short driving distance from one another. And you're right, the industrial parks, obviously, the rent being a little bit cheaper there, it's easier to set mm-hmm. up things. But definitely, and one of the places that I went to, and I don't know if you had a chance to check these guys out, maybe on your next trip you will, Society in, uh, I forgot the town that it's in, in San Diego, uh, just out, just down the road from Miramar. What an amazing brewery. The IPAs are so on point. They're really doing a great job there. And that whole scene in San Diego is amazing to me. When you walk into places, they hand you a map of all these different uh, breweries in the San Diego area. And I looked at my wife and said, we can't possibly hit all of these uh, in a week. But we took a Friday and started in Oceanside and worked our way back down to San Diego to Coronado Island because that's where we were staying. And I'll tell you, we, 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 uh, I think we made it to uh, 10 or 11 breweries that day, so we did pretty good. Yeah, what what a treat to get to do that. And you mentioned Society Brewing. I'm in New York City today talking to you, and we are having a media dinner. And this dinner has Doug Constantiner, who's the principal behind Society, um, all the way from San Diego out to New York, to talk about the independent craft brewer seal and the independent beer movement and their beers and what's going on. And I think it's super cool that all these small breweries that can be so well-known, you know, this is a little place, a little neck in the woods. You and I both already know it, and mm-hmm. it's because they have such pull and recognition. Absolutely, absolutely. We're talking with Julia Hers, the Craft Beer Program Director for the Brewers Association and the publisher of craftbeer.com. My final question for you, Julia, you're on record as saying craft beer is a never-ending journey, but I have to ask, do you have a favorite style of beer to drink, or are you a seasonal-type beer drinker? Yeah, seasonal. My joke is the one in my hand because I want to try and expand my horizons. Right? I like that. So I'm never going to answer that. But American IPA is definitely a home-based style. I love them. English ESB is very pleasing to me. I love Doppelbox and, you know, um, the more malt-forward German-style beers mm-hmm. that uh, are out there. It just kind of depends. So I like it all. It depends. It, uh, it definitely depends on the season. I mean, that, that was the one great thing about being out in San Diego. There's so many great IPAs out there. And I, I think I kind of slowly but surely I'm transforming my wife into an IPA drinker, and she's never been one. So I, I guess it really oh. is you have to keep trying them to figure out where your bitterness level is that you can handle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the hop bitterness, there's also hop flavor and aroma, but hop bitterness balances the, the, the residual sugar and the sweetness of malt. And that's the whole beauty of beer, that interplay. And since the 1400s, um, before that, it was Gruitz with other styles right. of um, herbs and, and whatnot that were bitter. But once hops were discovered and really put into beer, I think it's just been a marriage made in heaven ever since. And there's a reason that you have bitterness balancing malt because they play very well off each other. I love it. We can learn so much. I could talk to you for an hour, Julia. But unfortunately, right on. Uh, we, are, we are out of time here. My guest has been Julia Hers, the Craft Beer Program Director for the Brewers Association, the publisher of craftbeer.com. Julia, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thank Thank you back. Good beers to you. You got it. Folks, we're out of time. Amazing how fast this hour goes. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, all the guests who were on the program this evening, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. 
Season 3 star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.